<laughs> right? Stupid should hurt, right? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Grace Point Church, glad you could be here. Uh, Barry's gone this week. I have the privilege of starting this series, and I was thinking about this backstage. I'm like, of all the series, why did Barry ask me to start <laughs> Stupid Should Hurt? I, I don't know. I'm still working the... I'm still working that out. But stupid should hurt, right? I mean, it's a phrase that, that I use often. I'm, I'm sure it's not new to you. And it's, it's this idea that if stupid didn't hurt, we would continue to do stupid things. Like there needs to be consequences. And I know we live in a society now where, you know, people don't necessarily want to take consequences or there aren't consequences for their actions. But you and I live in the real world. And the reality is, is that when we do stupid things... It hurts. It hurts us. It hurts other people. And we're going to take the next several weeks and walk through lessons in the book of Proverbs um, and talk about how not only stupid hurts, but how we can have it hurt less by the wisdom in God's word. Now, one of my favorite TV shows is Funniest Home Videos. How many of you watch that still? As an adult, I still watch it. Um, it, I love that show. Uh, I think it's funny because I think it's funny to laugh at other people's stupidity, honestly. Um, and, you know, just kind of, ooh, you know, what were they thinking? Oh, man, that, that's got to hurt. And, and by the way, just take this as a public service announcement. If you get on a hoverboard as an adult, it is not going to end well. Um, any dad that stands anywhere near a pinata and a child has a stick get out of the way. Uh, There's enough video evidence that that is not going to turn out well for you. So as we're talking about stupid should hurt, I looked up the definition of the word stupid, because I know we don't like to use that word, and and I know it can be um, a little self-deprecating, but I think it's important as we start this series that we understand what we're talking about when we use the word stupid. So here's what stupid means. Marked by or resulting from unreasoned thinking or acting. Unreasoned thinking or acting. Now, we may say it this way. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Or, I got this. I got this. Or, if you're from the South, you might say, hold my beer. Um, but, you know, this is, we, we have this phrase, right? We're just like, I got this. I, I Don't worry. I got this. You know, we make these decisions, and in the moment, we think, oh, we have this confidence of, I got this, I got this. And then it turns out bad, and then we think, oh. How could I be so stupid? Exactly. We've all been there. We've all had those experiences in our life, and chances are we're going to continue to do that. But God has a lot of wisdom that he wants to give us. He has his word that he wants to give us that as we read it and we get more into it, we understand, man, if, if I apply these principles more, it's going to hurt less. Um, Paul says it this way, Romans chapter 7. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. Can anybody relate to that? Okay, perfect. So we're all in the the same boat. We understand where where we're going. Um, So what do we do? What do we do with that? I mean, do we just kind of go, well, stupid should hurt, and we just kind of meander through life? Well, actually, our anchor verse today is Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. It says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, when you hear this word fear and and you say the fear of the Lord, 
When I was a kid, that meant be terrified, right? I mean, I kind of grew up in this church where uh, I saw God as very heavy-handed and watch out, and it was kind of like this spiritual whack-a-mole that I only, I didn't want to, you know, I got around people that were doing, sinning a little more than me, and if my head was down and they got them first, then I knew I was next, so then I would smarten up. You know, I know, it's twisted theology, but that's, so I would say, you know, the fear of the Lord is be afraid of, of God. That's not what this means. The fear of the Lord Think of it in terms of awe, of reverence, of wow. How many of you have ever been to the Grand Canyon before? Been to the Grand Canyon? Okay, for those of you who didn't raise your hand, have you seen pictures of the Grand Canyon? So, you, okay, make sure we all understand. So I have been to the Grand Canyon before. If you haven't gone, I highly recommend it. There is something about driving, it's flat, 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 and then there's this giant chasm. And you stand on the edge, some closer than others, but you stand on the edge and you just go, wow, 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 this is spectacular. That's what that word means. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then the second part is this, Um, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, that word despise means to, to look down on, to have contempt, to see it as worthless. So to compare the two, if being in awe of God's wisdom is the Grand Canyon, then a fool despising wisdom is the guy standing next to the Grand Canyon with a shovel digging a hole, standing back and going, aren't you impressed? To kind of compare the two. You know, it, it reminds me when I was a, a kid... Um, I don't know if you guys ever remember this shirt, right? It reminds me of that, right? You know, I'm with stupid. Now, if, if you guys are, you know, 20 or younger, you probably don't remember this. But when I was a kid, like this was a cool shirt to have. And you would kind of wear it and not tell your friends. And then you just kind of stand next to them and get someone to take a picture. And then you had to develop film because it was back in the Stone Age, right? But, you know, you get, you get the idea, right? That, you know, I'm... I was stupid, and, and I get it, because it's like, oh, you know, well, that's not me. I, I don't despise God's wisdom. Well, the deal is, is that, honestly, you and I, we are always with stupid. Here's what I mean. We are always one bad decision away of doing something really, really dumb. So when I say I'm with stupid, it's like there's this person right next to me that I could jump in and be stupid at any moment, I could just, you know, I got this. I got, honey, I got this. Kids, I got this. You know, I got this. I know what, I know what I'm doing. And we have to be careful because it's very easy for us to step into this role of putting my wisdom ahead of God's wisdom. And it's actually easier than you think. I, I want to take a survey. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to participate in this just by a show of hands. So let me just ask a question. I'm gonna ask you two questions. I just appreciate you raising your hand. This week, so since last Sunday till, uh, till Saturday, raise your hand, let me get all the way through. Raise your hand if you have read the Bible at least five different days, and I'm not talking about scrolling through Facebook and seeing someone's cute little verse. I'm talking about you've sat down and actually read the Bible at least five separate days this week. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. 
Okay, I didn't expect that to be a lot of people. Okay, so you know, good on you, good for you, and those who didn't, I expected that. Okay, now let me ask you another question. How many of you this week, by a show of hands, over the last five out of seven days, you have been on any kind of social media, you've watched Netflix, or you've watched TV? Raise your hand. Okay. So I think we can say it's not a matter of time, right? But we fill our lives with wisdom. We fill our lives with things that influence us. And we have the opportunity every single day to decide where that wisdom comes from. And I know for me, I can easily replace God's wisdom with my own wisdom or the wisdom that I see around me, things that I, you know, I allow other things to influence me. But here's the thing. God doesn't want us to live in this, I'm one step away from making a mistake kind of world. God wants to give us his wisdom. We just, we just read this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. God wants to give us his wisdom. So here's our central point. If stupid should hurt, then wisdom will heal. Right? If stupid should hurt, and it does, if we lean into God's wisdom, it will heal. And it does. And we're going to walk through that because he's like, okay, okay, Kevin, I'm, I'll bite. All right, I see where you're coming from in this, but how? I mean, it's a big book. How does it work? How in the world, how does that work? Well, I'm going to give you three things that I believe if you take these steps, it will be easier for you to gain wisdom from God. You notice in the notes, there's three A's. For those note takers, don't worry. I'm going to fill them all in, okay? Here's the first one. Ask. The first one is ask. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Now, I, I want to park here for a second. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously. That, that means without reserve. It means God's all in on wisdom. He's going to give you everything. He's not going to just, you know, kind of hold back his wisdom and, you know, kind of play around with you. He's going to give you the wisdom that you are seeking. To all without reproach. That word reproach means disgrace, meaning God's not going to make fun of you. God's not going to go, oh, Kevin, for crying out loud, how dumb are you? We have gone over this at least three times today. Are you serious? God doesn't work that way. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. This is not a, I hope it works out. This is a promise from God that God will give us wisdom if we ask. Now, for some of you, you're going, okay, Kevin, I've tried that before. I mean, God. I mean, he's, he's God. You talked about this being in awe. I, what do you do? Do you just kind of say it out loud? Like, hey, God, give me wisdom? Yeah. Yes. 100% that's how you do it. Listen to this. Jeremiah 23, uh, verses 23 and 24. God says, Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? 
Friends, God is right here. We have this idea that God doesn't have time for us or, or that God's busy helping other people with bigger problems. That is not true. God is right here. God, God knows what you walked in with today. God knows what you're gonna face tomorrow. God knows what happened in your life last week. You know, the things that are stressing you out right now that nobody else knows that you're, you're coming in here with these burdens. God knows that. He says, I am not a God that is far off and far away. I am a God that is right here, right here. But I know sometimes in my life, I have this, this idea of like, well, you know, God's busy or God's not really gonna answer me. John 16, 24 says this. Jesus says, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be what? Say it out loud. What? Full. Not partial, not a little, not a morsel. Jesus says that your joy may be full. God is a generous God and he wants to give us wisdom. He wants to give his kids his wisdom. But you gotta ask for it. Because God is also not a God that's gonna force it on you like your parents made you eat your vegetables and so you can get out of the dinner table. Maybe that was just me. You know, you know when you're a little kid, you know, I don't wanna eat spinach, eat it. You know, I mean, just you choke it down. And move. But that's not how God, sorry, I'm working out my own family issues right now. You know, that's, uh, that's not how God works though. God is not gonna cram his wisdom down your throat like spinach. He's not gonna do that. But he does want us to ask, and when we ask, he will give it. But see, here's the thing, is that asking means I don't have all the answers. See, there's this little word that gets involved there. It's called pride. You may have heard of it. You know, I got this. I know what I'm doing. And then we mess up, and then we go, oh, God, help me. And if we had just done that, on the, if we had just said, oh, God, help me on the front end, we may not be in the situation that we're in right now. Now think about this. What are you currently facing that you need wisdom from God? Just, just think about that. What are you currently facing that you need wisdom from God? What, where could you have used God's wisdom last week in your life? What area? What, what, what happened? What thing? That you go, man, if I hadn't acted that way, I wouldn't be in the mess that I'm in right now. Or if I had gone to God, I probably, this situation would have turned out differently. Remember, Proverbs 1, 7, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Remember, we are only one step away from being like that. We, oh, I got this. God says, you can, but it's not gonna turn out well for you. But if you ask, I am a generous God who wants to give you wisdom. So the first is, is ask. The second is this, accept. Accept. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture. How much of that is it? All means all, and that's all all means, right? Okay. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable. That means beneficial, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete. That word complete means fully capable, complete, Equipped for every good work. Think about this question for a second. How do you view the Bible really? I mean, how do you view the Bible? I'm, I, look, I know we're in church. 
Jesus is the answer, what's the question? I, I get it. I understand that. But in the real world, you know, the, the other time, the, minus the hour that you're here, how do you view the Bible really? Because this verse tells me that, that all scripture is breathed out by God. That means that everything in this book is from God. And it's profitable. It means it's good for me. We want, we, I mean, we want to be profitable in our love life. We want to be profitable with our kids and in our marriages. We want to be profitable in our 401k. We, we, we like to be profitable. God says, look, my, my word is profitable for you. It is good for you. And I love how this says, complete, equipped for every good work. It reminds me of this story, um, true story, of a, a man in Japan who just decided one October afternoon to climb Mount Fuji. True story. I think this happened back in 2019. Now, it's the winter season uh, during that time. People don't climb Mount Fuji then, but this guy decided today's the day. Today's the day I'm going to climb Mount Fuji. So he got on his best street clothes and his tennis shoes, but he did have his trekking poles, and he decided, I'm going to live stream this climb. You may have heard about it. And so off he went up Mount Fuji. Do, 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 do. And as he's going, he got more and more and more views because people are going, oh my goodness, is this guy serious? Is he really out there in the snow? And, you know, he's getting up higher and he's having a hard time breathing and he's slipping. And, oh boy, you know, you know, but you know, he's got his poles. The story ends tragically. He got to a point where the trail was hard for him to find. And he's, and he's broadcasting all this. I mean, you know, you know, people are watching the computer going, turn around, turn around. He actually slipped and fell, and the last part of his broadcast is his phone tumbling over, and you see a pole flying through the air, and then the broadcast goes dead. They found him the next day. He was not fully equipped to climb Mount Fuji. And as tragic as that story is, there are oftentimes in my life where I, I can go, I faced a situation I was not fully equipped. I was fully equipped with Kevin's wisdom, I mean, I was fully equipped with, you know, how I thought I should, how I should handle the situation. It didn't go well. It didn't go well for me. Joshua 1.8 says this, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And then here's the payoff. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. The Bible's talking about this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. And the payoff is, is that your way will be prosperous. You will have good success. How many of you want to be successful? Just out of curiosity. Those of you that didn't raise your hand, I hope you have a better afternoon. So, I mean, I, I think all of you, not me, I want to be successful. Uh-uh, no, no, no. We all want to be successful. All of us in everything that we do. And God is saying, okay, you want to be successful? Perfect. Here. Now, God's success might look different than my success, but which would I rather have? Would I rather have my own success and my own wisdom, or would I rather have God's success and God's wisdom and allow it to take me where he wants it to go? 
again, go back to digging a hole next to the Grand Canyon and trying to get people to pay you money to see your hole at the edge of the Grand Canyon. I mean, come on, who's going to do that? But we do it all the time. And God's saying, look, it's right here. It's right here. If you spend time in my word, you will have good success. So the first is ask. The second is accept. And the third is this, apply. Apply. You got to apply it. I mean, you know, we know the Bible and you know, we read the Bible, but you got to apply. You got to do what it says. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Why is that important? You come to church on a regular basis. You hear God's word on a, on a regular basis. How many of you, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. How many of you have come in, into church and you've worshiped and sang and God is great and, and it's all sincere. And then you leave and on the drive home, you get in an argument with someone in the car or with the person that won't get out of your way as you're trying to get somewhere. Come on, I've done it. I've done it. You know, we're, like we, we, we come here and we go, you know, I, I hear this stuff, but there's a disconnect between be hearers of the word and doers of the word. And James says, listen, hearing God's word is very important. We need to do that. But we also need to do what God's word says. Otherwise, Right? Because I get myself in trouble, not because I'm not listening to God's word. I get myself in trouble because I don't do what God's word is telling me to do. That's God's wisdom. You ever given someone advice and they did the exact opposite and it just totally blew up in their face and then they come back to you and complain about the situation that they're in? And you, of course, being a humble person, go, oh, I'm really sorry that happened. No, you don't. You go, duh, I told you not to do that. Stupid should hurt. Don't tell people that. That's not nice. But, right? <laughs> but you think it. You think it. God is saying, Kevin, <laughs> I, I gave you my word. It's full of wisdom. But you got to do what it says. You got to do what it says. Let, let, me, let me just ask you... Um, Maybe, where could you have used wisdom this past week? Now, as we talk about that, and even now, there is this spiritual war that's going on, right? Because Satan, Satan doesn't want us to get into God's word. Satan doesn't want us to read God's word. He wants us to, to live in our own capacity. <coughs> Excuse me. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion, raising its knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Leave that up there just for a second the, um, on the lower thirds. Look at that last phrase. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. See, the idea is, is that I, I'm applying God's word so that when those thoughts come into my head of, I got this, I can do this. 
We take those thoughts captive and go, no, no. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rely on my own wisdom. I, I can't do that. Friends, we have a spiritual battle that's going on in our lives right now, right now. For some of you in here, you were thinking about other things. You were checking your Facebook, your Instagram. You were wondering who's gonna win the game. Go Bengals. You are already, I mean, you were thinking about other things today. And it is hard to concentrate. That's normal because there's a spiritual battle. The Bible tells us that. God's wisdom tells us that. And we have to fight that because God, God's saying, look, Kevin, there's, there's a great big world out there and there's a lot of opinions. And you gotta be careful. But Kevin, I've given you my word. I've given you my word for wisdom. So this past week, the week ahead of you, let me just give you some wisdom from God's word. See if maybe this would be beneficial to you. Okay, it's rapid fire. I'm gonna go through some verses, but I just, want you to, I just want you to hear this. Wisdom maybe that you could use this next week. Any of you afraid? Fear? Psalm 34, four and five. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall not be ashamed. Philippians four, six and seven. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You're like, okay, fear. I'm, I'm good in that department. How about peace? Maybe you could use some peace this week. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Some of you need to hear that this morning. He will not leave you or forsake you. How about this one? Psalm 91, one and two. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. How about conversations that you might have this week? Maybe you could use God's wisdom in those. Let's see. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Some of you in here, if you just lived in that Bible verse this whole week, your week would be fantastic. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. How about this? Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Psalm 19, 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Anybody need hope this week? Isaiah 42, 16, and I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know. In paths that they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do and I do not forsake them. Isaiah 42, 16. That is a promise from God. How about difficulties? 
Maybe you're facing some difficulties. Maybe you're going to face some difficulties this week that you don't even know about. 1 Peter 3, 9. Do not repay evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. 1 Peter 4, 19. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God wants to give you his wisdom. God wants to give you his wisdom. He knows that we live in a broken world with broken people that do broken things. He knows that. And he, he knows the devastation of our stupidity when we act outside of what God wants to do in our lives. It's the whole reason that Jesus came because of our sin. We needed to be saved from our sin. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the dead so that in Christ we can have salvation, have access to the Father. God is saying, okay, in Christ you have this relationship with me. Now, let's do something with it. Let me give you some wisdom. About a year and a half ago, um, I was on the phone with my dad. Um, That's my dad. (laughs) That's my dad right there. And my dad, he's 81 years old. And he was talking about, he um, was, was memorizing the Bible. And, you know, I'm in my 50s now, and, and I, I have never known a time in my life where I haven't been in church. And this is one of those things where I'm like, you know, someday I want to memorize the Bible. Someday I want to do that. But I was like, Dad, you're doing it. You're 81 years old. You're doing this. So I said, Dad, how about we do this together? And my dad's like, okay. So for the last year and a half-ish, my dad and I, every month, we memorize a new um, verse. You've heard some of the verses that we've been memorizing um, here today. And we've gone back and forth. I cannot tell you, one, how close it's made my dad and I, but the value of having God's word in my heart. And, and I could have told you, I mean, I've been a pastor for a long time. I could tell you, you should memorize God's word, you should memorize God's word, but I wasn't doing it. I was a hearer and not a doer. And when I started actively engaging in God's word by memorizing it, it it has made all the difference in my life. (laughs) No, it's fine. Scott Scott and I, Scott and I are with a group of guys and we are also memorizing scripture together. There's a a, a group of men. uh, We're going through this uh, book, Every Man a Warrior. And we are, and they, some of the guys in here, they've heard, yep, I know that verse. I know that verse. And they're wondering why I read it and didn't say it from memory. Because I'm nervous. That's why. Uh, (laughs) But we've been memorizing scripture and I'm telling you the, the value of God's word. Why am I telling you this? Because I'm someone who's on the journey, not someone who's arrived at the de- destination. But being in God's word, actively being in God's word has made a giant difference in my life. And it shouldn't be any surprise. I mean, that's what God's word says. Engage with God's word and God's blessings come out of that. So as we start this journey together, this series is five weeks, this is week one. 
I want to ask you guys something. What would your life look like at the end of 30 days if you actively engaged in God's word every day? And, and here's what I mean by that. That you read the Bible every day for the next 30 days. The book of Proverbs is a great place to start. There's 31, 31 books, the book of Proverbs. Read one, one proverb a day. And I'm not saying don't be on social media or, you know, don't watch Netflix. Or I'm, I'm, come on, I'm not saying all that. We live in the real world. But before you do those things, you read God's word. And that includes the bathroom, because I know that's when some of you check your Facebook. Come on, I know that, right? So like, before you engage in social media, some of you just got that joke. You know totally what I'm talking about. Before you engage with social media, before you go out and do these other things, what if you read the Bible first? What would that look like in your life? What would that look like in the lives of those around you? Some of you in here, you're going, I don't know Jesus. I mean, I don't even know, you know, I don't even know Jesus. I'm still on the journey. Okay, what if you went to the book of John? It's in the New, it's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And every day you read a little bit out of the book of John. And you said, and before you read, you said, Jesus, I don't know who you are, but I want to know you. What would happen? In fact, if you are on the journey and you don't know who Jesus is, I dare you to do that. Like, I don't have a Bible. There's Bibles back there. We got tons of them. If you need a Bible, I'll give you mine. I'm serious. God wants us to engage in his wisdom. Like, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, are you going to be at the end of 30 days and go, oh, that was such a waste of time. Oh my gosh, I read the Bible for 30 days. Lame. No. No. That's not going to happen. So here's what I want to do. I'm going um, to ask you guys to, I want you to think about what would your life look like if you took this challenge to read the Bible every day for the next 30 days. Listen to this out of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So here's what, I'm, here's what I'm gonna challenge you to do. In a second, I'm gonna ask any of you guys in here saying, I wanna take that 30-day challenge and let's, let's, let's put God to the test. I'm gonna ask you to stand because I wanna pray for you. You're like, everyone's eyes are gonna be open. Everybody, yeah, accountability is a good thing because this isn't for show. This is between me and God, not me and everybody else. But you're going to take this challenge and go, okay, for the next 30 days, all right, I, I want to see what God's wisdom will do in my life. And if you're going, I don't know who Jesus is, for the next 30 days, I'm going to find out who Jesus is. I'm going to go to the book of John, and I'm going to read it, and I'm going to ask Jesus to show up. So here's what I want you to do. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand, and then I'm going to pray for you. Ready? Three, two, one, stand up. Amen. Amen. Okay, look up here for a sec. Guest services right now has a card for you that they're going to give you. It looks just like this, okay? And the reason that we're giving you these cards is because on the back, and for those of you that are online and you're at home right now watching, I hope you're standing. I hope you're standing. You don't, the dog can see you. Just stand up, right? 
But there's a, there's a, for those of you at home, there's a QR code. You can, uh, you can go and go to the website. But for those of you, I want you to grab this card because on this page, we have, we have created a special website just for this series, just for this 30-day wisdom challenge. Because uh, I want you to go there. There's a short video from me. There's verses there. If you're like, I want to memorize God's word, take a passage and take the whole month and memorize it. At the end of 30 days, you will have some of God's word memorized. How great will that be? But read the Bible every day. And you know what? Send me an email. Tell me how it's going. Let me know what, what, God, what God's telling me. If you're like, I need someone to hold me accountable. Great. Send me an email. We'll figure it out together. But friends, let's, let's stop doing this and let's start doing this and see what God will do. Proud of you. Let me pray for you. God, thank you. God, um, I know what this has done in my own life. God, as I was praying for this, this moment, oh God, I pray that the people here would engage in your word, that they would actively engage in your word, that they would do what you tell them to do for their benefit. God, I, I pray over the next 30 days that there will just be incredible stories of, of wisdom and life change. Jesus, you tell us to ask in your name. So Jesus, I ask in your name for protection over these people as they engage with your word. Remove the distractions, remove the frustrations, God, all the things that are gonna pop into their life, they're gonna try and keep them from reading God's word. Remove those, God, and I may just be a sweet, incredible, something they've never experienced for with you over the next 30 days. And God, your wisdom changes lives. I pray for life change over every single person that's watching online or standing here today. Thank you, God, for the power of your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good job. Well, we are excited that you are here today. If this is your first time here at Grace Point Church, uh, we have a gift for you. Just go out to the counter uh, when we're done. And we have a gift just for you being here today. Thank you so much for being here. Enjoy the game. And I hope you get wear your stretchy pants. It's that kind of day. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week.